0: broadcasting live from the Treasure Island Sportsbook. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Live on the road, here's your boy, Q.
1: Yeah, buddy. Kicking into the third hour of the show. That's right. We're going to go six hours long. No, just kidding. Five hours long, five hours strong. I start losing track of the numbers at some point. But it's all good. This is what we do, man. We're hanging out here at the Treasure Island, Golden Circle Sportsbook, Hondo Carpenter, your boy Q, my man Danny, DeMont Cotton's in the home studios making it all happen, making it all possible. Very excited. Of course, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show. Sam and Ash text line and... The Raider Nation listener line is 702-365-9200. But right now, we got my guy, my tag team partner, Brian Salman from News 3 Las Vegas, at BrianNews3LV on Twitter, and that's Brian with a Y. Brian, welcome to the show. I appreciate you as always, my man. And uh, how fired up are you or are you fired up for this game coming up this, uh, this weekend? The Raiders are in Kansas City in a big-time matchup. Of course, a, a, a bitter rival, even though it's been pretty one-sided for quite a while, but it's still Raiders and Chiefs week.
0: Uh, first of all, Q man, as always, I appreciate you having me on the show, man. You know I love doing the show with you. Um but I would I would will, I will, I will be remiss if I didn't mention to you, um the Raiders have a one game winning streak playing in Kansas City. It's true. I mean, they're hot up there, man. They're hot.
1: Yes, they are. They are, <laughs> and it's not going to be hot there. It's not going to be super cold, <laughs> but it's not going to be it's not going to be hot there, but uh Man, Brian, we were both in the press box. We were all all of us, actually. Honda was there as well on, uh, on Sunday against the Washington football team, with a, a game where the Raiders just couldn't get anything cooking offensively. How do you think they need to approach this game against Kansas City?
0: Let's see. I'm going to go ahead and say that they need to approach this game the exact opposite of the way they approached the game they just played last week. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'll start there. And the fact that uh, it would be nice for, for them to score a touchdown before the fourth quarter. <laughs> that would probably help him out a little bit. Uh, it would probably help him out as well to not give up a touchdown uh, on the first drive where Washington goes right down the field immediately like a hot knife through butter. butter. Right. Uh, it, it was really what they need to do in this game is something that we've been talking about with the Raiders every week, dang near, except for the, the week uh, after Dallas, is the fact that they need to start much better, man. They, they can't... They can't be chasing the game, as they say in hockey, as they say even in football. You can't be chasing the game the entire game. I mean, you you spend too much energy trying to come back, it's much better to play with the lead. There's breaking news, obviously, that I'm giving to you. (laughs) I'm sure you didn't know that, but it's it's better to play with the lead, man. So I say they get off to a good start and throw the ball longer than five yards before the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? Take a couple shots early in the game, but don't wait until your backs are against the wall to take some shots.
2: Totally agree. Brian, this is Hondo from Sports Illustrated. I asked Oli yesterday about the fact that What up, Hondo? I say, you no, know, <laughs> why, why in the world do you have a check down on third and five in your game plan that's behind the line of scrimmage? I mean, I, I understand that, that players have to perform and execute, but a lot of this is on play calling as well, in my opinion. Do you agree with that?
0: Oh, Hondo, man, I cannot... I absolutely cannot agree with you more. I mean, that that that's one of the things that drives me bananas, man. Like, I used to have an afro at the beginning of the season, but I'm I'm bald now because <laughs> I yanked all the hair out of my head. Like, just kind of watching, like, why is it third down and thirteen, and you're throwing a three-yard
1: out? Right. What, what are you doing?
0: What are you you're, you are never going to get the first down. You know what I mean? Why on fourth down and one are you throwing a, a thirty-yard fade? You know what I mean? Like. I just don't understand, like, some of the play calling um, that the Raiders do, specifically the short passes uh, on third and long or the the running play on third and long. I remember, you know, someone asked Carr about that. I don't know if it was last week or the week before. I think it was, uh, it was I think against it might Cincinnati. Have been
1: it, it was after Cincinnati's game. I remember that. Well, on the third and seven yeah. where he checked into it, yeah.
0: What are you, what are you doing? If it would have right. worked, it would have been good. Of course, if, if, if uh, you know – if I had different parts, I'd be my, my sister. You know what I mean? Like, what is,
1: who cares about the ifs? Right. Who cares
0: about the ifs, man? Like, Why are you doing That's a terrible play call. So the play calling has been uh, atrocious
1: at times. And, and, you know, Brian, and again, we're talking with Brian Salmon right now on uh, Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation, Radio 920. I want to ask you just about the consistency in the offense because we see one week, we see against the Cowboys, they're on fire. You know, they come out on the first drive and it looks amazing and they're stretching the field and, you know, Deshaun Jackson's getting involved. And then the next week you see sideline to sideline passes against the Washington football team. So where, you know, where is the truth? Who is this team? What is the identification (laughs) of this team?
0: You know what, man? I feel you. Like, where is the truth? Because Tar saying, like, you know what? Um, you know that's what the defense was showing us, and this is what I took because that's what they're showing. Like, forget that. You dictate sometimes. How about that? How about you dictate what you guys are gonna do? I I, I agree with you, man. Like, it just seems like the game plans and, and play calling and what they're doing from week to week just baffles you. And you know, like for instance, a, a few weeks ago when they were they were getting beat the entire game, and then all of a sudden they go right down the field in the fourth quarter and score a touchdown. And I think it was Adam Hill that asked the question. It was like, you know, why didn't you guys do that before? Like, right. You know, and it's not, it's not as easy as just doing it before, but sometimes it is. You should always take shots. Like, you can, you can throw a ball to Deshaun Jackson on a deep route in the first quarter if he's single cover. Even if he's kind of, un, you know, got two people on him. You can at least try. You know what I mean? Like, just try. Try to do something.
2: You know, Brian. One of the things that I don't understand, and let me just say, for the interest of full disclosure, I like Rich Basacchia. I respect him as a man. I think he's a good man and a good coach. But when you coach for an organization whose motto is "just win, baby," you can't come out and say, "Well, we don't judge wins and losses." I mean, Ooh. when when you heard that, uh, were you as flabbergasted as I mean, you're this is a guy who is not getting younger with an opportunity to be a head coach for the first time, and you're coaching for an organization whose motto is just win, baby. When I heard that, I literally – I was stunned. What were your thoughts?
0: It was cringeworthy. It was cringeworthy. You know, I, I like, Ugh, I don't think you really meant to say that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I, I hope you didn't mean to say that, Like
1: because
0: – Herm Edwards told us exactly why you play a game, right?
1: Hello? You play to win the game!
0: <laughs> man, he told us why you play a game. If you're a head coach, you absolutely know why you play a game. This not judging on wins and losses and improving and moral victory. No, none of that, man. You play to win, and if you don't win, it's a failure. And that, I mean, that's really a failure in, in every sense of the word, if you lose. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that, that was all bad in a sense. I almost thought that 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 kind of comment almost seals his fate in a sense. You know what I mean? Because when he was winning, people were thinking, like, you know, maybe he might he might be able to keep a gig. But stuff like that added to the the three game losing streak and then everything. I mean, it, it ugh, it's not looking good for our guy.
2: No, let me tell you. As soon as he said it, things got uglier for for him than me in the shower. It oh, just wow. wasn't it wasn't a good thing. Okay, Brian, I got another <laughs> one for you. Um, hey, that's why I shower appreciate that. hey yeah exactly. you've seen me brother that's why I shower with the lights off. My own wife will say to me, hey I'll do something nice for you just don't make me get the shower anyways my, but my my the thing I wanted to say to you was if you remember one of the most I think iconic Al Davis interviews when Al Davis said we don't take what defenses give us we take what we want. And what, if I had to say what I am looking for out of the Raiders, I want to watch them step on the field at Arrowhead saying, we're here coming to take what we want. Am I missing something, Brian? Am I just too dumb and, stu- and stupid? Or is this is it that simple?
0: I, I think it's that simple. I think I really just said something very, very simple to that just a second ago. Because yep. you need to dictate to them. Like, don't right. be dictated to. You do the dictating. You know what I mean? Like, if you're a fighter, if you're any kind of a, a, an aggressive person, uh, you're playing chess, whatever, you dictate the terms. You don't be you don't be dictated to. I don't know what kind of English that is, but you know what I'm saying? Right, <laughs> you don't right, get right, dictated right. to. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And if – I'll say this, um, the person or entity or a thing or whatever that does the dictating in a uh, competition, a fight, is 95% more likely to win. And that's not a survey that I—that's actual official, but that's a Brian Salmon survey, and I think it's accurate.
1: Hey, that's—that's that's <laughs> all we need, man. We'll take your survey every day of the week and twice on Sunday. We know what you know what you're talking about right now. We're talking with Brian Salmon from News Three in Las Vegas on Twitter again at Brian with a Y News Three, the number three LV. Unnecessary roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. So there's a handful of games, Brian. There really is. There's five games left. Obviously, this game against Kansas City is on the road. It's a tough game, but it's not something that's impossible. We saw them go to Dallas and get the victory. So, yeah. I mean, that's why they play the games. You know, they go out there. Uh, I feel, my opinion is, if they're around late in the game, if they're close in the game, they can win it, just like they could have won it on Sunday against Washington. But, you know, they came up a little bit short. Who do you think that these final five games are most important for as far as individuals? I know it's a, t- it's a team sport, but individually, who do you think that these final five games are most important for?
0: Well, the first person I think is most important for is Rich Versace. Like, say they come back and they, you know, they go 4-1 and one and make the playoffs. Then he has a, a, a case of becoming the, the head coach. Um, I think maybe the next person after that, Greg Olsen because I, I think he's got a huge part in the offense and what they're doing. And um, if the office looks terrible, then they may rethink that whole thing. You know what I mean? Um, and then the, the the third person, which could be the first, depending on how you look at it, is, uh, I mean, Derek Carr, man. He's, if you're the quarterback, you know, like I know, both you guys know, man. Your quarterback, you receive too much of the praise and too much of the blame. You know right. what I mean? So yep. if 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 they don't do well, I mean, people don't like him, and he's second in the National Football League in passing yards. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if they don't do well, man, the, the Russell Wilson chants are going to be up in, in Allegiant Stadium. Uh, Deshaun Watson, I, I don't know. Those are probably the only two quarterbacks out there that I think that would be an upgrade, so to speak. Okay. That's definitely an upgrade because Deshaun Watson's younger.
1: Yeah, that's, there's a lot around him that I don't know if that would work. Here, you know what I mean. I don't, I don't know if that would work here, just because of the climate and the and everything that's gone on with the Raiders. I don't know if they need that kind of extra addition to the team. You know what I mean? Like a great yeah, talent, you. great talent. But I just think that the baggage may be too heavy. Just like I think, you know, people talk about Eric Bienemy and I think that would be a good option. I think the baggage may be too Ooh. heavy, though. You know what I mean? Like there's
0: yeah for Deshaun Watson. Oh, oh uh baggage from like eight hundred years ago. Is you know that
1: I know how long ago it is, but John Gruden's <laughs> emails were from like eight hundred years ago too.
0: Yes, they were. However, yeah, no, I, yeah, eh, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I, I'll say this: I don't necessarily feel that that's the reason why Eric Bieniemy is not getting the job. Um, I think the the Rooney Rule and what that encompasses is much more of a reason why Eric Bieniemy is not <laughs> getting the job. You know what I mean? Not the fact that he hasn't been interviewed, but just the surrounding of, of black head coaches not getting hired anyway. You know he's, clearly, yeah. clearly he's um qualified. You know what right. I'm saying? Right, and, for sure. And that's all that matters in professional sports. All that matters in professional sports, do you win, do you lose?
1: No, you're right. I think one one thing one element that plays into that when it comes to B enemy is also that the Chiefs are playing late into the season. You know what I mean? They're, they're going to the uh, Super Bowl. They've yeah. gone back-to-back Super Bowls. A lot of these teams want to get – and I think this should be changed. I honestly do. I think nobody should be able to hire their head coach until Super Bowl is over because I think that everyone's on the same playing field. Then we then we can't hear that conversation of, well, the enemy was playing in the Super Bowl, so we couldn't get that final interview in, so we went with such-and-such. Such. You know what I mean? That, that you can eliminate that part of the conversation. And honestly, if you wait till February 14th, 15th, 16th to hire your head coach – it's not going to affect what you do in mid, late March because these guys work around the clock. It's not going to matter what you do in April. You'll be fine. You know, you can wait till then. You don't have to get the guy the minute the season ends. I it's Just my opinion. But I think that's no, what I No, I, I, I agree with that.
0: And you know what, for real, for real, I mean, if you're keeping it a buck, anytime someone says or you did not allude to that factor, why they didn't hire somebody or why somebody might not have a job, that's an excuse. True. Because, you know, you know, like I know, yep. if they want somebody, regardless of what Profession it is, then that person will be hired. If right. they don't want them, they can make up any excuse in the world to why this person is qualified and blah blah blah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, true story. So
1: yeah, yeah. True Brian,
2: story. I want to give you a name that you didn't mention when he talked about a guys that these games have a lot for, and that's Mike Mayock. Oh yeah, I want to talk call. about him for a minute. I think he did an absolutely amazing job getting a bunch of of free agents that have contributed. I put something on Twitter and fans ripped me but because they didn't think about all of it. You know, him getting Denzel Perryman for the price that he paid. I know that Gus Bradley knew who Denzel Perryman is. But it wasn't like just going and signing Brandon Fashion off of a practice squad. He had to work out a deal with them and they and they stole Denzel Perryman. And and this is a guy that's made a lot of right moves. I've reported the fact that Um, I reported at Sports Illustrated. He wanted more play action, and that's why we've seen more since John left. Um, I've also, you know, he was not one that was keen on keeping Richie incognito. You know, there's been, you know, that was John Gruden. And there was some guys that were picked in first rounds that have not done well that he was not a fan of. Now, he was all in on rugs. But I'm just saying I I 100% know because I was told when Damon Arnett got picked that that was not necessarily a Mike Mayock, you know, that Mike Mayock was concerned. Let's just leave it right there. So my point to you is that's a guy I don't think that Mark Davis wants to run this team. I don't think, I mean, that's why he wanted a John Gruden. I think nothing would make Mark Davis happier than to see enough to be able to say, Mike, pick me a coach and move forward. You're going to run this ship. Do you agree? I think there's a lot riding on this for Mike Mayock.
0: Nah, man, uh, Hondo, man, you're you're, uh, you're you're very intelligent, you know. And 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 could if I talk to my wife, over
2: could you tell my wife that, please?
0: <laughs> yes, and I can say this from way over here. I'm. You don't have to turn off the lights when you take a shower, my friend. Um, <laughs> You guys ought to get a
1: room. You guys need to get a room.
0: <laughs> hey, man, I, I agree with you. I mean, uh, the, it is definitely a lot of pressure on Mike Milla, Uh and the fact that, you know, regardless of who was the person that that uh, that chose the different players that didn't work out here at with the Raiders, he is the general manager. And I believe he said in the press conference, you know, he talks with John, but I mean, the buck stops with him. Yeah. So, so if 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 they would have done well with all the players that were chosen by John Gruden, as far as like the the first rounders and everything else, then Gruden would have gotten all the credit, and it wouldn't have been Mayock. And if all these players don't do so well, the you know the Cleveland Farrells and everything else in the world, then that's gonna the blame is gonna fall on Mayock. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yep. I com- I completely agree with you. If the team doesn't do well, they may look to go in another direction, specifically because um it, it almost seemed as if mayock and gruden were attached to at the hip in a sense you know what i mean so and they are
1: and they, they are. are attached you know attached. they they were attached as the head coach and the gm and we all know that that was uh you know mayock was uh gruden's guy he brought him in and and they were supposed to work you know together and i mean that's that's just the reality of it if if uh you know a pick doesn't work out very well that's on gruden and that's on mayock in my opinion and if a guy works out really well, that's on both of them. It's like if, you know, me and my wife go and buy a car and it turns out to be a lemon. It might have been me that really wanted it, but she signed off on it too, so uh, we're yeah, in this thing together. Yeah, but we're both together.
2: married, and we know even if they wanted it, Thank it's you. on us. Thank you. It's on Thank us. You. <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> but in reality, <laughs> we're both we both signed off on that thing. Now, if everything works out, great. It's all on me.
2: It's like my wife for her birthday. (laughs) A couple days ago, Brian, was my wife's birthday. She wanted a dog. I said no to a dog, so she ended up getting a mini golden doodle. (laughs) Now, I'm going to get – and the first time it peed in the house, I know your dog. No, no, no. It's, she goes, no, you bought it. Well, it's because that's what you said you wanted for your birthday.
1: There you go. Well, uh, Hey, Brian, man, you're the best. I, I feel for you, man. I feel for you. Brian, before we let you go, our guy, Deman who's back in the home studio, wanted to ask you about something that's right up your alley. That's some UFC action. Go ahead, Deman Yeah, Brian, UFC 269 this Saturday, T-Mobile Arena. We've got the headliner, Charles
0: Levera versus Dustin Poirier. Who you got? Man, that's crazy. I'm getting ready to walk out of my office to go to the weigh-in right after we hang up the phone. So, um man, that's a tough one, man. I, You know who I have? I've got Dustin Poirier, man. And it's Because I like Dustin um, as a fighter. I like Charles too, man. But something that some of the fighters and analysts were saying going into this fight, that Oliveira got rocked really hard against, um, against Michael. Uh, what's the guy's name that he beat uh, for the championship? My, uh, the new kid. I can't remember his name. Um, he just got beat by Justin Gaethje. But anyway, um, yeah, it- Oliveira, when he when he won the lightweight title, he got rocked really bad. He came back and won in the second round. If he gets rocked like that versus a guy like Dustin Poirier, I think he puts him away. Um, Oliveira's jujitsu is really good, uh, and I think Dustin will be able to stay out of that and just stand on the feet for a little bit. He'll be able to keep him from taking him down. Uh, take down the fence will be good. I think he gets the win. But – but as you know, I think one of the big things going into this UFC 269 fight card is uh, Amanda Nunes, man, and Peña, Juliana Peña. They've been talking trash back and forth, someone talking to the baddest woman on the planet. That fight almost, I'm almost more excited to watch that fight than the main event. That should be the
1: headliner. <laughs> it should be. because <laughs> yeah. she, She's the best women's fighter of all time. But I've got one more for you. Sean O'Malley, do you think he's overhyped because he's talking trash to Dominic Cruz about how he's not on the main card? And I think they're trying to set him up as the bantamweight Conor McGregor, and I just don't see it. That one fight that got him all the praise, he beat up a tomato can. You could put me in there, and I'll get punched (laughs) in the face for 15 minutes. Do you think that the Sean O'Malley... Why are you so
2: angry? (laughs) Am I the only one that just think DeMond's ready to come over the top? Yeah, DeMond got fired up. He's going to just jump jump, jump into the octagon and kick somebody's ass.
0: All right. Does he have his shirt on right now or is he is he doesn't have it off? Is he wearing is it off?
2: Oh no, he's taking his new profile pick. He's got no shirt on, he's ready to go.
1: You guys, man. You guys talking about taking
2: showers.
1: All this stuff. You guys are too much for me. Brian, we're having fun today, brother. You guys need a row. Oh hey,
0: I agree with DeMond, man. I think that uh I think Sean O'Malley is definitely a hype train. Um, but the UFC hypes a lot of people. Remember how Ronda Rousey could beat Floyd Mayweather? You know what I mean? If, if you're a UFC fan, they really were trying to pump Ronda Rousey being able to beat Floyd Mayweather Jr. That's how bad she was. Like, man, like, hey, I think that he could beat her or she could beat him. Um, O'Malley is good, but who has he beat? Like, beat somebody in the top 10 and then, and then you can talk your trash. However, he is exciting to watch. I will give him that.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, there it is. I love it, man. I love that we just covered the whole spectrum, man. We went all over. You guys talked about showers. DeMond with no shirt on. You guys <laughs> went into a category that I have nothing to do with, but that's okay. I got people looking at me here at Treasure Island like, what in the hell kind of conversation are they having? But- uh, but hey,
0: DeMond, man, he's a single dude, right? And he's in Las Vegas. I'm trying to pump on his profile, man. Get your bumble on, player.
1: There's a reason why he's single, man. Just saying. <laughs>
2: That's because he's too busy jumping into the octagon.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. Sounds Women good. love those fighters, man. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> Just kidding. Demond's my guy. Brian, man. Speaking of my guy, you're my guy. I definitely appreciate you. What, what you and Jesse got coming out, man? That uh, that people should be on the lookout for.
0: Well, it, it's all me, man. Uh, Jesse's he's off, um, so I'm running around the world. But yeah, the UFC 269, the weigh-ins. I'm headed there. I'll be live outside of T-Mobile Arena for the Golden Knights game with the Flyers. Flyers have lost 10 straight games. 10 straight games. So, basically, the Golden Knights have a game like the Raiders have had and ones that they should win. So, you know, tonight should should be a pretty tough one. So, 6 o'clock live out there, live out there at 10 o'clock for the CW, live at 11 o'clock. Yeah. Sports night on Sundays, man. The show that you highlighted and uh, the ratings shot through the roof. Keep us in mind on
1: Sundays. That's what I do, man. That's what I do. That's what I'm here for. You know what I'm saying? I'm here to I'm here to help out everybody. But, no, man, definitely you guys do a fantastic job. We definitely appreciate you, my man. And, and thank you so much for giving us some of your time. Enjoy the weigh-ins and enjoy the fights this weekend.
2: You're one of the good guys. Thanks, Brian.
0: Man, I appreciate that, Hondo, man. Thank you very much, man. You guys have a, a great show. And, as always, man, I, I mean it when I say it, and I appreciate you having me on.
1: For sure, for sure. There he goes. Brian Salmon, fantastic job he does. Uh, for News Three in Las Vegas, the uh, sports dude. director. Yeah, absolutely. He's a I man, love
2: it because you go into a man press around box, town. You go into a press box, and we're dressed nice. But him and Willie Ramirez both look like they're ready to go walk on a runway in Paris. Somewhere. Oh yeah,
1: now Brian Brian's a G man. He stays G'd up, and, and Willie, you're right. Willie, uh, he's got a little something something in his neck, man. He's <laughs> the, holding it down. The, so b- the
2: best thing about Willie Ramirez is somebody walked up one time and tapped him on the shoulder. Now you have to understand, Willie Ramirez is like demand. He's <laughs> about five foot tall. Right. Okay. But Willie Ramirez, they both are built. I mean, they're both. You could tell they work. Yeah, out. they go work out together. Yeah. Matter of fact. Okay. But Willie looks over at this person, looks up to him, because the guy's huge, me, and says, I love you, brother. Don't ever touch the suit.
1: <laughs> uh, I bet. I bet. They don't They don't mess around, man. They don't mess around. Willie don't mess around, and Brian don't either. Uh, they're dressed to the nines all the time. I can appreciate that. Many thanks to Brian Salmon, News 3 Las Vegas, for joining us there. When we come back, Emily Van Buskirk from SidelineSass.com. She hosts the podcast. She's a sports reporter. She's in NYC. Heisman Trophy is going to be rewarded uh, tomorrow afternoon. And then also, also Army and Navy will square up. 122 times they've done it. It's an awesome, fantastic game. And uh, we'll talk all about that next. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Readiness Radio 920. It's unnecessary roughness. I get up out of bed fired up. Sometimes the wife's like, hey man, calm it on down. You ain't on air. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't always gotta be shut up. I just thought about you just waking up. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Scared the hell out of everybody. That's how you get out of bed. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back to Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio
2: 920. Here's your boy Q.
1: 3:30 is the time. We are live at the Treasure Island. The Golden Circle Sportsbook is the location. Hondo Carpenter, your boy Q. Danny's by my side, and Damon Cotton is in the home studio. I'm very excited about our next guest, Emily Van Buskirk. Sidelinesass.com host a podcast. Is a fantastic sports reporter. Covers a lot of different sports. A lot of different college sports, and this is what we have her on is to talk some college sports. And, Emily, thank you so much for your time. It's been a minute since we talked, but you're in New York. The Heisman Trophy uh, ceremony is going to be tomorrow. You were at the media session with three out of the four finalists. Uh, how, how was that How was that experience, and what did you learn from the, the guys that are out there?
3: Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on again. It's always a pleasure, and I'm sorry in advance if it's a little noisy because I am <laughs> out on the streets of New York City roaming around, so it's a little bit loud, but um, – uh, today's availability was great. You know, we had three of the four finalists there. Unfortunately, Kenny Pickett couldn't make it, as he is accepting yet another award um, tonight. So we I was looking forward to chatting with him, but um, we'll hopefully catch up with him tomorrow. But the guys today were great. You know, I've covered about seven or eight years of this award. It's my favorite event in college football. And every year you get a different mix. You know, you, I've covered the Christian McCaffrey year. And then you had the Marcus Mariota, a very humble winner year and Every group is different, and they bring different things to the table. Chase Young's year was one of my favorites. Um, he has so much swagger and so much drip, as we call it. It was <laughs> really fun to see his year. Yeah, they're great guys. These guys this year are a little more humble, a little more down-to-earth, very quiet kind of guys, um, quiet confidence. But it was incredible talking to them. We asked each of them what their outfits were going to look like tomorrow night. And I'm actually putting together an article right now about what they told us about what they're going to be wearing and why. So definitely stay tuned for that. It's going to be going to be pretty interesting.
2: Emily, this is Hondo from Sports Illustrated. I'm curious. Um, I've been to those as well, and you can kind of get a feel in the room of what guys think. Uh, I'm just curious, who do you think's going to win it? What's your feel tell you?
3: You know, it's, it's really hard to say because I myself, unfortunately, do not have a vote but if I did, it would go to Aiden Hutchinson. I think of all the players, when you look at the tenets of what the Heisman stands for, it's you know, the guy that does the most for his team. But not only that, it's the guy who lives with integrity, both on the field and off. And not saying that the other you know candidates are not, you know they don't have integrity. I just feel like the way he plays, to me, really just it exemplifies what the Heisman is. It's the purest form. I love a good defensive player. Obviously, mm-hmm. he got a lot of questions about you know, being a defensive player, why he thinks there should be more of them winning. Um, it's unlikely that we'll see him up on that podium. I think the favorite right now would have to be Bryce Young. Yep. Uh, and Bryce Young is an incredible human being as well. Very humble, very much giving back to his team when talking about credit and how they did what they did this year. Um, you know, I think another one, Kenny Pickett, people would love to see him up there, but he's a little bit of an underdog when it comes to it. So the feeling that I got was it was going to be Bryce Young. Um, but I, like I said, I'd love to see Aiden Hutchinson up there. He's he's a character, and he's a very down to earth guy.
1: Yeah, no, I, I would have loved to see a, a defensive player up there as well. Of course, Charles Woodson being the last defensive player to get it, and he was playing on offense as well. I mean, he played multiple roles, <laughs> but uh, and was a Wolverine, and was a Wolverine. But Michigan mm-hmm. edge rusher Aiden Hutchinson, he's up. Uh, Pitt quarterback Kenny Pickett. Uh, Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud, and, of course, Alabama quarterback Bryce Young. Those are all finalists. I was looking for a couple guys like Kenny Walker from Michigan State, the running back, <laughs> and then uh, Will Anderson from uh, uh, from Alabama, the edge rusher. I think he's amazing as well. Uh, those two guys, what do you think about those, about them missing it?
3: Well, I got a shout-out. I'll tell you this right now. Bryce Young shouted out Will Anderson, not so much for his playing, which we all know is incredible, but for his style. When asked who he would go to, For fashion advice, Will Anderson was one of the guys. He said, I would go to him because he's got some drip and some swagger. So, you know, if he doesn't win the Heisman, at least he gets that nod for being a fashion plate. You know, that's got to count for something.
2: Emily, (laughs) I have been to Madison Square Garden to probably cover 100 (laughs) 100 events, maybe 125. Okay. uh, All right. Nice humble brag. No, no, no. No, I'm I'm going there because the other day on the show – uh, Q had a wonderful interview with Muhammad Ali's grandson about his coming up fight.
0: Oh, wow. And
2: they called it uh, the Mecca for all sports. And, and, and quite frankly, I couldn't agree more. There is mm-hmm. something special. I know they've redone it, I know they moved it. But the point of the matter is the garden is still the garden, no matter where it is. <laughs> when you walk into that building, I, I want you to help the listeners. Because when I heard Q mm-hmm. say it on his show, I was actually with a couple guys who said to me, is that really true? And I tried to explain him. I mean, its I think it's nine floors or seven floors. And I just to me, the garden is the garden. Your thoughts?
3: Absolutely. I, you know, I'm a California girl, born and raised. I live out there now. So, But New York is a second home. My sister lives here in Queens, or she lives in Manhattan, works in Queens. So I come out here a fair amount, and I've been fortunate enough to cover college basketball in the Garden. I was able to see – I'll never forget the game. It was Seton Hall – and they were playing St. John's, you know, mm. like a pretty rivalry game for these two schools. But at the time, very unassuming because neither was that good. And it was, um, you know, it was the first time having St. John's, I'm blanking on the guy from the Warriors. Um,
1: Chris Mullen? Uh,
3: yeah, Chris Mullen. I can't believe I forgot him. He used to be my neighbor. I used to play basketball with him. That's Nice. Um, anyways, Chris Mullen was head coach. So I came out to see them and a fight broke out between the two teams in the handshake line. And it prompted this whole article about, you know, should we make hot, hot games? Should we make the players shake hands after if there's been chippiness, blah, blah, blah? But it was such an incredible venue to see a game. And then I stayed and watched them transition it into a hockey arena for that night game um, where they were playing um, the Rangers game. So I have to agree with you that it's one of the most incredible venues as far as story sports goes and all the things that take place there. And I think that's true of New York in general because, like I said, the Heisman. You know, it takes place down in Times Square. I think they're doing it at PlayStation Theater this year. We're at the Marquee Marriott where the players come in before and we get to interview them after. But it's just its so much history and so much energy. And honestly, one of the best sporting events I've ever been to, okay, in my life covered was the Coney Island Hot
1: Dog Eating Contest huh. on the 4th of July. Okay. Nice, nice. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Good stuff. We're talking right now with Emily Van Buskirk <laughs> here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Also going on in New York in the area, something that you talk about historic. How about Army and Navy? I mean, how many times have they competed? It's just amazing. And to me, Emily, this is one of the best events, traditional events that happen each and every year. And I don't have a dog in the fight, no Army, no Navy, <laughs> but it's just – it's just something special about that. And you're there as well, and that's happening this weekend. What are your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, honestly, this is been one of my bucket list things. I've always wanted to go to this game. They're playing it at MetLife Stadium, which is just always incredible when you get a college game in an NFL stadium. I know some people don't like that, but the players love it. It's such a cool atmosphere for them to get to play in an NFL stadium. And, it, honestly, this is one of college football's rivalries. This is the 122nd you know, annual meeting between the two. And there is a lot on the line. People might think, oh, well, Navy is, you know, three and eight. just not been a great year for them. Army's eight and three. They're going to steamroll them. But Navy is actually playing in this game for a share of the commander in chief's trophy, which honestly, wow. all of these service schools, that's all they care about. They don't care about winning their conference. I mean, I'm sure they do to a degree, but they really care about this trophy. That is everything. So, If Navy can somehow dial up a victory in this game, they will get a share of that coveted trophy with Army. They won't get to have the actual trophy. Army will keep it with them on uh, at West Point. But they'll at least say that they tied for it. So there's going to be a lot on the line. I think we're going to see a really contentious and also a very fast football game on Saturday tomorrow
1: and and the other thing about it is very emotional as well I mean this is going to be the 20-year anniversary following 9-11 the playing of it after 9-11 so that adds a little bit extra to it because obviously that's something none of us as Americans will ever forget
3: yes there's going to be a lot of pageantry I've been working with the Army SID all week and we've seen the uniform reveals I mean this year the uniforms are absolutely gorgeous Navy really coming with it and their video that they did as a tribute is. Incredible. And then people forget that these young men, they're servicemen. So all of them are wearing patches that represent different service groups. And all of them, all of the seniors got their assignments prior to this game. So they know where they're going after graduation to serve our country. So it's just more than football. It means something so much more. And that's why I'm excited to be a part of it tomorrow.
2: You know, Emily, will this be your first game?
3: This will be my first ever Army-Navy
2: game, yes. I've been to
3: Army and I've been to Navy, but never together.
2: Correct. So (laughs) my dad was Navy, and I remember I was in the Navy, and I remember going there with my dad. And my dad said to me, uh, we're sitting in the stands, he says, you want to know what's different about this football game (laughs) that you will never experience as a writer again? I said, what's that, Dad? He said this is the only game where the men on the field are willing to die for the people in the stands and on TV. Wow.
1: Yeah,
3: Wow. I, now, so
2: the national anthem, I'm crying. Nobody's black. <laughs> nobody's white. Nobody's brown. Nobody's Republican. Right. Nobody's Democrat. It's all American. And then the yep. game's over, and the losing team, I think, goes over to their, their section first and does their, their fight song, and the other mm-hmm. guys are all saluting. Yep. Yeah, I think I think Navy won, so they're saluting Army. Then Navy does it, Army salutes, and everybody leaves as one. It's just a phenomenal yeah. experience. My, my thought is, when you hear people talk to you about the game, what do you hear most? And then I got a follow up for you, real quick.
3: Yeah, and honestly, it's it's wild because I've seen takes on Twitter where it's like, no one cares about this game. It's just two and a half hours of triple option, and who cares? I just think that's so superficial when you're looking at like what you said—the respect that we owe these young men for fighting for our freedom, you know, and that's really, yes, the game's about football, but it's about something much more. And I personally, my dad fought in Vietnam for this country. My grandfather was a baton death march survivor, you Mm. know, in World War II. So I I have a huge, huge background in the military. And for me, it means so much to be able to go and support the people like my family that did this. And so it, it bothers me when people bring up that side of it because, yeah, okay, it's a lot of running there's a I love that there's a lot of fullbacks I can't complain I'm excited yeah it's not exciting they're not throwing the ball a whole bunch you're not going to see a bunch of air raid but that's okay because it doesn't matter this is about so much more than the points on the board like you said so all
2: right so Emily my buddy Daryl Harris is a world renowned mm-hmm. photographer he's there covering the fights in fact okay. he was he was at the weigh ins for the Muhammad Ali His grandson he's going to be at the at the oh, fights wow. and so my favorite pizza place in the world <laughs> is across the street from Madison Square Garden. This is what happens when you talk to a 257-pound man. (laughs) Because all 150 times I've been to the garden, I go there. It's NY Pizza Suprema. So here's what I want you to do for me. I want you to go to the garden, and across the street is NY Pizza Suprema. And I'm going to tell you what I told my buddy, Daryl Harris. I'm going to tell you the same thing. If you go there and it's not the best pie you've ever had, you let me know and I'll reimburse it. I'll pay you back. <laughs> but for let me vicariously live through you, Emily. Go to NY I... Pizza Suprema and take your 100 pounds because you're this tiny little lady and eat some pizza for me, please. I'm begging you. Do it for a I fat will. guy.
3: I will go there because you know what? I, I I'm Coming from California, we know that the best pizza is from New York. I mean, it's your water. Your water here is different. Yes. And it makes the dough so good. That's why the bagels are better. That's why the pizza's is better. So now, listen, I mean, I,
2: I mean it. I mean it because I told Daryl Harris, if it's not the best pie you've ever had, you tell me and I'll send you the money. Show All me right. the money. I'm
3: on it.
1: <laughs> nice. Well, Emily, fantastic job as always. Enjoy covering everything that you're covering out there. I mean, it's the Mecca out there. I mean, being at the Heisman (laughs) Trophy uh, ceremony, that's going to be fantastic. Army, Navy covering that is going to be fantastic. Salute those uh, servicemen for us as well because, again, it's way bigger than just a football game. We appreciate everything that they do. We can't do that. That's why they're doing it, and uh, it just takes a special person. (laughs) Thank you to your family as well that uh, helped serve and do what they did for us as well. So, uh, again, uh, fantastic job. We appreciate you as always, and we'll be talking to you soon.
3: Sounds good. Thank you guys
1: so much. Bye bye. Right. Have a great one. There she goes, <laughs> Emily Van Buskirk.
2: This is why. Can I come compliment you for a minute, Q? Sure. This is why I love your show, and why when I'm on, you always hear me. You always hear me quoting your show, because yeah, it's Raider football, right? But we got somebody in New York covering the Heisman, right? Somebody in New York going to this game. I love that. It's just like Muhammad Ali's grandson. I literally pulled over to listen. I thought that was such a great interview you had. I thought it was funny that they sent you the wrong fighter. Yeah, they sure did. That, but my, see? That's all right, but we rolled with it. But, anyways, I just, I appreciate that about your show.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you. I definitely appreciate that. And I know my man, Damon Cotton, back in the home studio, said we have a couple of callers. Who do you want to get to, Damon? Okay, let's take a break. <laughs> 344 is the time. I want to get the break. Yeah, he I let me know. To he told me unnecessary roughness is in your ear hole. This is Radio Nation Radio, 920. What does it mean to be a raider? What to you what does it mean to be a raider? Man, being
0: a raider is not just being a football player. It's not about the just the jersey or just the just a helmet. It's about a lifestyle. It's about it's about loyalty. It's about doing whatever you have to do to help your brothers, to help your family. That's what it's all about. It's never putting yourself above the shield. That's what being a raider is all about.
2: Welcome back to unnecessary roughness. unnecessary roughness,
0: here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q.
1: Just got a couple more minutes till the top of the hour. Vinny Bonsignor will join the show, 4 to 6 p.m., doing a little Unnecessary Roughness slash in the huddle collabo. He's going to be live from Kansas City in a fantastic hotel room or maybe a sports bar or maybe at a barbecue joint. Uh it's probably I probably shouldn't have said barbecue joint. That's you know so stereotypical. You're in Kansas City, you have to go to barbecue. You know it's like when I was in Texas that's what everyone said. Oh, let's go where's the barbecue. It's like why can't I just go get a burger? <laughs> you know why why well, I got to be at a barbecue spot? But no, I get it. Vinny Boston will be with us at the top of the hour, but we do have a couple of callers that I want to get to uh on the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Let's start things off with Fargo Raider. Welcome to the show, my man. Thank you Hey, what up?
0: Uh, hey, Fargo. I don't know if
1: Hondo – hey, Hondo, Uncle Hondo, and thanks, mine,
0: Uh I wanted to start off getting Hondos there. What's a damn blitz check, man? Uh, all I see is a check down. That's <laughs> all we see. Just fix it, man. Just fix it. Don't I give think, us new thing. I think everyone's got their done.
1: own names for things. I think people call things what they call them. I, I, I don't think it's that serious. Sure. And
0: uh, I think for us to stay in the game, we need to play smart and communicate on that defense. I remember that interview. We need to give him that Berlanga treatment. He said he just knocked fools out. That's what he did. That's what I want to see. Right. Uh, you know, and I want to see Diablo in there in uh, Perriman's place. I saw some tape of him carrying a, a wide receiver um, vertically. He did it pretty well, man. He was on that guy like blue. And he, I'm, I'm sure he would relieve the problem of Abram being back there covering. Instead, we keep up Abram up on the box to do his job.
1: Right. No, you know what? Uh, he's a guy that you might see on the field a lot. You know, he may be part of the game plan where Abram is not, you know, he, he especially with the injuries to the linebacking position, maybe Abram plays a little bit more of a linebacker role, and then you see a guy like Diablo out there or even a Gillespie. You might see him out there just as a more athletic type dude that could run with a Travis Kelsey or run like that uh, vertically. So that, that's something that, that we could definitely pay attention to. Uh, definitely appreciate your call, my man. Uh, how about we go out real quick to Raider X? What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, X. Hey, good talking to you, brothers.
0: Hey, really quick, I want to touch on a few subjects that you've been talking about. The the players that should be concerned. I'm thinking Jacobs, Littleton, and Zay Jones. Also, believe that Mayock, yes, he needs an opportunity to have another year under his belt. Let's see what he's got because I believe in Mayock because he's a disciplinarian and we need some structure and we need some heart. Last. Uh, you talked about uh, on your show, uh, Q. You had the great soon-to-be Hall of Famer. I hope uh, Jim Plunkett. And Jim Plunkett said something that I thought that everybody should really wrap their wrap their minds around. He said, "You got to give your receivers a chance. Give your guys a chance to hang in there a little bit." Talking about your inquiry about uh, Derek Carr in the pocket. We know the line is not is not pristine, but sometimes you're going to have to swallow it up, tighten it up and go out there and win. It's all about win. I don't give a damn about the scoreboard. I want to
1: win. Yeah, um. I, agreed, agreed. Great stuff, great stuff. Raider X right there. Appreciate the call, my man. And it's got to be about that. Hondo mentioned it earlier, man. Just win, baby, is the motto. You got to go out there. It's all about winning.
2: And the thing is, is you, you, you're at a point now there are no more excuses left.
1: Yeah, you have no, you have I mean, no room for excuses. You, you have, have no room for error. You have nothing to
2: lose. Right. And no one, including me and you, Right. I don't know if anybody in this sports book here at Treasure Island thinks that they're going to win. Right. So, grip it and rip it.
1: Right. You got Go. to.
2: Who cares if you lose by one or 30? Go up there and at least fight. Let your, let your fans see we fought. Not, well, you know, we don't judge games by winning and losing.
1: Right. That's a problem. That's the problem. We got a text on the Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. David from the 209, I think the offense needs to implement Gus Bradley's approach going into the season. Fast, physical, ball out. Now, he was saying ball out to create turnovers, but no. Uh, you, they, that's what they need to do. They need to ball out offensively. They need to play fast. They need to be physical. And that start, that's what those big uglies up front, those big uglies. And I'm telling you, man, Colton Miller, John Simpson, Andre James, uh, Alex Leatherwood, and Brandon Parker, They've got to be physical. They have got to win up front. They have to. If the Raiders win this game on Sunday, I promise you the offensive line had a great day.
2: Yep. And Brandon Parker. Now, uh, Colton Miller's been Colton Miller all year round. John Simpson, I think he's taken a lot. He's learning. Yeah. I have no problems with issues with him. I think Leatherwood, Andre James have both continued to progress. Brandon Parker's a guy I have big expectations for. I think he's talented. But – I want to see it out of him. You're on that right side. Uh, Kansas City loves to attack, which is a little bit weird because Derek's right-handed. They still attack on that right side. This is a big game. Brandon Parker, to me, is a big key. But the biggest key of all, and DeMond said it earlier and I said it earlier, you said it, 300 yards for Derek Carr. You're not going to go up there and have Derek Carr throw for 212 yards and get a win. Right. You've got to go out on the attack.
1: Raider Gones, 714, said on the Ash text line at 69187, my quote from Monday, Raiders come out victorious in Arrowhead. Mariota provides spark offensive needs. Offense needs. Raiders 26 to 24 over Kansas City. That's from Raider Gones with 714. Uh, also got a text from the 209. The show is sucker free today, yo. Uh, I think that's a good compliment. Uh, Raider Dwayne in the 530. Eye of the Tiger, Q. Eye of the Tiger. I like that. Vegas Pete, hit us up. I feel like there's a void in leadership after Gruden departed. Carr tries, but they hear him every day and can zone him out. We need a voice to kick the team into another gear. Hope KJ and guys like Jacob step up. Knock on wood if you're with me. And let's see. One more. Q, did you say fire and hype up? I can honestly say that we have no idea what these expressions mean because we are God-wrench awful. Oh, no, not to see where consistently. The truth is that we are consistently bad. I guess we'll just have to continue to drink our sorrows away with unlimited Zima. Sincerely, the Detroit Lions. UNLV football. The dude who brags on and on about his awesome fantasy team and DeMond's rollerblading club team. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. There you go. A shot from Sir Whiskey Ray as he's on the way out the door. 3.55 is the time when we come back. Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle. It'll be an in the huddle, unnecessary roughness collaboration. Live from the TI, the Golden Circle Sportsbook, this is Radio Nation Radio 920.